The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. series right now called Sync. We've been in this series for the last several weeks, and we've been talking about connecting with God in relationship, that God wants us to connect with him relationally, that Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could have a religion. He died on the cross so that we could have a relationship. That's right. He wants to connect with us relationally. And so this series has been about setting ourselves up to be able to connect with God the way that he wants to connect with us. So if you were here last week, we started off kind of talking about some hearing aids last week, some things that we can do to improve the quality of hearing God's voice. And one of the things we talked about last week is God doesn't want you to just hear his voice, but that he actually wants you to know his voice to come to recognize his voice and be able to distinguish his voice in this world, to be able to distinguish his voice against all the other voices that we have coming against us. And one of the ways that we can position ourselves to hear and come to know his voice is by doing this thing called setting an appointment. Uh, that we, we set an appointment with God. You know, just like in our life, the things that we value, we set appointments for. We need to set an appointment with God, a time that we can connect with him, a time that we carve out of our life to say, God, this time is set for you. I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to let anything get in the way of this time. And so we talked last week about this idea of that time being this idea of a quiet time, a time when we pull away from everything else going on in our life and we dedicate some time to the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to get real practical in this message today, talking about how to improve the quality of this thing called quiet time. Maybe you're here today and, and quiet time has been a struggle for you in the past. Maybe you're here today and right now you even feel a little guilty because you know your quiet time is not what it should be. Maybe you're here today and you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're new to, to church, you're new to the things of God and you're going quiet time, like what, what does that mean? Well today I want to explain what this means and help you to understand so that you can step into it in a great way. I'll, I'll tell you this, for years I struggled with quiet time. But then God began to, to help me to see it in a different way. And, and because of that, it's become such a life-giving thing in my life. And, and I believe that God wants it to be that for you today. So today we're going to talk about how to have an amazing quiet time. Now, before we can get into talking about how to have a good quiet time, I first need to kind of define what a quiet time is and, and why this is important. Understand this, quiet time is not about spiritual disciplines, Quiet time is not about trying to win over God's favor. It's not trying to do a bunch of things to make God like you more. It's not, hey, I'm going to read the Bible through in a year because that's, you know, I'll be a better Christian. I'll be a better person, you know, if I can do that. Or I'm going to pray for everyone in the world and people in Africa and all of the Senate and all this stuff. That's, that's not what quiet time is all about. Remember what we talked about in week one of this series. The goal is God, Right? The goal is God. And in our quiet time, it's no different. The goal is God. The goal is connecting with God relationally. It's, it's us connecting with him. It's making time for us to have a relationship with him, to spend some one-on-one -on -one time where we can let our guard down and we can really hone in on him and connect with him in a real way. The, the Bible compares our relationship with God to that of a marriage, that we, when we become Christians, we become married to Jesus. We become what's called the bride of Christ. 
Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. What if some of you that are married today or maybe you're in a serious relationship today, what if in your relationship, what if your relationship looked like your time with God? What if you only spend as much time with your spouse as you do with God on a weekly basis? Or what if you were only as open and honest with your spouse as you are with God whenever you are that with him? For some of you, I know there's some of you in here that you, your marriage would be looking good. You're doing great. You're, you're killing it. But maybe there's some of you in here that if, <laughs> if you think about that, you start to go, man, I would probably be having some serious marriage problems today. Well, I want to remind you that this is about relationship. Everything we're doing here in this series is about connecting with God relationally. And when we go to quiet time with the Lord, it's not just about going through the motions and doing some stuff because it makes us a better Christian. No, it's about carving out some time to connect with a God who wants to connect with you. That's amazing. And that's awesome. So let's kind of jump into this today. This is probably going to be the most practical message in this series. So if you are taking notes today, uh, get ready because I'm going to give you a lot of practical steps today. And if you're not taking notes today, take notes today, okay? Get out your iPhone, get out your notebook, get out something, write this stuff down because I really believe that this is going to help you today, all right? So let's go first thing, five hearing aids to help you to hear the voice of God and better connect relationally with God in your quiet time. Number one is this, you gotta find quiet. You gotta find quiet, thus quiet time, right? Now that's a little bit easier said than done in the in the world that we live in today because we live in a very high volume world, do we not? There's a lot of noises, there's a lot of distractions, there's a lot of stuff going on in our life. It's hard enough sometimes to just connect with the people that are really close to us, our family, the people around us, let alone for some of you to connect with a God that you can't see. And and it can be tough. Now, what I'm about to tell you, this is so important. In fact, probably this is the most important thing I will say in this entire series. So if you're taking notes, get ready to write something down. Lean in a little bit. I'm telling you, if you will get this, it will change everything about your life. Okay, are you ready? Here it is. And you'll just do that. Everything in your life will be better. All right? Got it? Good. Okay. How many of you feel like that sometimes, right? Am I the only one? that we feel like sometimes in our life, like there's just so much going on. So many things, so many distractions, so many noises, so many voices. Even in our own home, right? It can be kind of tough to find this, this quiet in our life. But if we're going to have quiet time with God, we're going to have to be intentional about looking to establish a quiet time with God. We've got to find a time and a place where we can go and we can connect with God. So what is that time? What is that place? Well, to be quite honest with you, I can't exactly tell you what that is for you today. And here's why. I don't live in your house. I don't know what, what quiet looks like in your home. I don't, I don't know what your schedule looks like. I don't know what quiet would have to be in, in some of your lives. I know some of you have, have crazy schedules. You have to be at work at really early in the morning or you work late at night or whatever it may be. And so your life is different than mine. But, but here's the question I think that's important that we can all ask ourselves when it comes to quiet time. And it's this, what is my best time? 
What's my best time? I believe that's a question every one of us can look at and say, okay, God, what's my best time? You know God wants your best. He wants your first. He wants your best. He, he deserves that. You know that? And so for, for us, the question is not so much, okay, what is that going to be for me versus other people? It's what's my best time? Now, I will say this. I believe that the best time for everyone is at the beginning of your day, whatever your day may look like. Now, for some of you, again, we'll, we'll talk more about this. That may be a little bit more difficult. But I believe we should all start our day off spending a little bit of time with the Lord. I believe that that's very important. You know, we've been talking in the series about John 10, where, where Jesus talks about how he's the good shepherd, right? You guys remember that? He says, I'm the good shepherd. And then he says that these sheep follow him. Now, we as Christians, we're the sheep because we as Christians follow the good shepherd. So he says that I'm the shepherd, I'm the good shepherd, the sheep follow me. And he, he says in it that the sheep hear his voice, they know his voice, and they follow him, right? You guys remember that? Well, I was studying this week about shepherding and how these guys in Israel would, would take care of their sheep. And I found this just fascinating. One of the things that a good shepherd would do is he would go to the sheepfold very early in the morning where the sheep were kept overnight. And he would go and he would call his flock And he would take his flock out early in the morning to these fields that were covered in dew. You probably noticed this the last couple weeks. I've noticed in Oklahoma City when I get up in the morning and I go out to my car, the grass is just covered in dew. And if you walk through that grass, your shoes are going to get soaking wet because the dew is is so thick on that grass. Well, a good shepherd would take his sheep, his flock, he would lead them to these pastures that were covered with this dew. And so the sheep would begin to graze on these fields early in the morning. And as they would graze, they would not just eat the grass, but they would actually drink in the dew. And it would refresh them, and it would hydrate them, and it would prepare them for the day ahead. But in order for them to get that that refreshing dew that was there, they had to rise early, they had to follow their shepherd, and let him lead them to the places that he wants to lead them to. This is a beautiful picture of what early morning quiet time can be for me and you where we go and we let God lead us to these places he wants to lead us to, where we can receive the refreshing that he wants to give us in our life. God wants to refresh you. He wants to build things into your life. He wants to speak to you. He wants to hydrate you for the day ahead so that you can have success and walk in the victory. But in order for us to do that, we're gonna have to give God the first part of our day. The Bible talks a lot about in the morning, about rising early in the morning. In fact, I would encourage you this week in your Bible study time, Google in the morning Bible verses. You'll find tons of verses that talk about rising early in the morning to spend time with God. Jesus himself made it a practice to rise early in the morning. I'll read you just a couple of verses here. Mark 1.35 says, And in the morning, while it was still dark, he, talking about Jesus, arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. John 8 verse 1 says, But Jesus went, out, went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. We see this practice in the life of Jesus that he would rise early, and he would spend some, some quiet time away from the disciples, just him and his father, to connect with God. If Jesus needed that, how much more do we Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, 33, he said we are to seek his kingdom first. Now hear me when I say this. I'm not saying your quiet time has to be in the morning, whatever your your quiet time may be, but here's what I'm saying. I think the scriptures make a good point that it should be, and I think it'll help you. I think you should at least spend some time, but really the question I'm asking you is what's your best time? What's your best time? What's time that you can give to God 
And it's going to be quality time. Maybe some of you are not morning people. If you got up early and you tried to have quiet time, you would just find yourself falling asleep and drooling over your Bible. That's not your best time. What's your best time? What's that time that you can carve out of your schedule and give to God? You know, for me, it's, it's early in the morning. I have three little kids. My oldest is eight. My youngest is two. And when they wake up, it's a hurricane. I love them, but they're loud and they are... They're an all-powerful force that takes over the home, and they want our attention. And, they, and so once they're up, it's hard for me and Sarah to find a quiet time. So I have to get up early. I have to get up at 5.30 in the morning. I have to have my quiet time. And I love it. God shows up. You know God's a morning person? He'll show up whenever you want. He's a morning, noon, night person. He'll show up. But you've got to carve out that time for him. Now, again, I understand some of you, you have to be at work at 5 o'clock in the morning. So a 3.30 quiet time is probably not going to be the best thing for you, okay? What is your best time? That's the question. Here's what I'm getting at. Don't get caught up in the time. Get caught up in the point. And the point is connecting with God relationally. The point is making time where you can connect with him and receive what he wants to receive. What is that time for you? I can't answer. What's that place for you? I can't answer. But if you'll go to God and start asking him to lead you to that, he'll show you that and you can make a connection with God. Now, we can do all these things to kind of quiet the outer noise of our life. But how many you know, you can be in a perfect situation, the house completely silent, everybody asleep, all, you know, and yet you still can have some inner noise going on sometimes. You ever notice, you know, you go to start reading your Bible and all of a sudden your mind gets real sharp and you start to remember everything that, you know, the muffins that you have to bring to your kid's class on Friday and the, the email that you forgot to answer and the, the thing that you have to do at work today, all these memories and things, you get real sharp in remembering all this stuff that you need to do and it can distract us, right? And, and, and here's why. I want you to understand something. You have an enemy. There is a real devil that hates you. And guess what? He hates you connecting with God. He wants to do everything he can to stop you from being able to have this time with God because he knows what it means to you. He knows how important it is to you being who it is God's called you to be. And so he's going to do everything he can to try to distract you and keep you from being able to connect with God. So how do we, how do we quiet this inner noise in our life? It's actually really simple. Number two, Worship. You gotta worship. Worship silences the enemy. Psalms 8, verse 2 says it this way Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. God establishes a stronghold against our enemies through praise. Now look at what it says next to silence the foe and the avenger. You know, when you praise and you worship God, there's power in that. Power to silence the enemy in your life. In Matthew 21, Jesus was talking about this very verse. He interpreted this verse when talking to some different people about children. And he, he, he explained praise as being the ordained strength of God. And when we praise God, we tap into the ordained strength of God. And that strength has the power to silence the devil, to silence the outer noise that's trying to come against you, to silence the inner noise that's trying to keep you from connecting with God when we worship and we praise him. And look at this, that, that word silence there, when it talks about uh, silence the foe and the avenger, that word silence there doesn't just mean to make quiet. It actually means to cause something or someone to desist in all activity. All activity. When you worship and you praise God, not only do you silence the devil, but you stop the devil dead in his tracks. 
It's a powerful, powerful thing. So in the morning when I have my quiet time, I start my quiet time off worshiping God, praising God. I put on some music on my iPhone sometimes and I, I just sing along with it. Sometimes I just sing from my heart to the Lord. I make up my own songs and they don't always sound good, but listen, God loves them because they're from my heart to his. And as I do that, it silences all the inner noise. It, it quiets the enemy and shuts him down. The Bible says this. It says that we're to resist the devil and he will flee from us. James 4, 7 says that. When you worship God, it's a way of you actively resisting the devil. The other day I was talking to my kids about this at the dinner table. I was talking about this idea of resisting the devil. And I was talking about what they thought that might mean. And my son Gus pipes up and he goes, you just, when you tell the devil that he's stupid and he needs to get out of your face. And, and he just starts like insulting the devil. And we start cracking up. And I was like, you know, buddy, that, that's, that actually doesn't work. You, you can yell names at the devil all day. That doesn't shake him up one bit. What shakes him up, what silences him is the word of God coming out of your mouth. It's songs of worship to God. That's the stuff that stops him dead in his tracks. And beyond that, here's the other thing that your worship does. It invites God into your life. The Bible says this in Psalms 22, verse three. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. You know what inhabits means? He comes to live there. He comes to live where his praise and his worship is being made. So here's what worship does at the beginning of your quiet time. It does two things. It says two things. One, it says to God, God, you're welcome. I invite you into my day. I'm welcoming you here. I want you here. I want you to be a part of my life moving forward. I, I'm making a place, a platform, a home for you to come and to reside in so that you can be with me today. But the other thing it says is it says to the devil, devil, you are not welcome here. You have no place here. I resist you through this worship and I silence you and I shut you down and I stop you in your tracks. I'm preaching a lot better than you guys are talking back to me here. It's good stuff, right? But it's important. We, we, if you're gonna have a good quiet time, you gotta put some intentionality into it. You can't just kind of roll out of your bed and you know, open up a book and just start kind of going, oh, okay. You gotta, you gotta be intentional. You gotta get up. You gotta get yourself going. Drink a glass of water. Slap your, slap your face around a little bit. Do what you gotta do. And then get connected with God. Find that place where you can silence the outer noise and then connect with God in worship so you can silence the inner noise and hear his voice, all right? Number three, we pray in our quiet time. We gotta pray. Prayer, know this, prayer is not a one-way street, too. Prayer is a two-way street. God never designed prayer to just be you talking at God. Prayer is supposed to be you talking to God and you hearing from God. It's, it's communion. That word communion means uh, that it's an exchange of thoughts, information. That's what God wants to have with you in prayer. He wants to exchange information with you. That's awesome. God wants to talk to you. But, but we've got to make that room for that in prayer. Now, we're going to have a series coming up after this series called um, Too Busy Not to Pray. And we're going to spend some time talking about prayer and get in real detail of how you pray, how you can pray in faith, how you can pray the authority that God's given you in your prayer, how you can pray the will of God and how important this stuff is. So I'm not going to get into all the details of prayer, but I know there's some of you in here that maybe you need a, a good model for how to pray, some kind of boundaries. Maybe you're new to the things of God and you're just looking for a way to pray. Here, here's a good model. This is how I used to teach kids uh, to pray. It's called the ACTS model. It's, a, it's an acrostic, A-C-T-S. Okay, so the A stands for this. A stands for adoration. Adoration is just a big fancy word that means worship. It's kind of what we've already been talking about. You take some time at the beginning of your prayer time and you just, you just worship God. 
You just tell God how amazing he is, how merciful he is, how kind he is, how powerful he is. You declare to God how impressed you are with him and how much you love him and how much you need him. It's where you invite him into your day. I always pray and I say, God, you're welcome. What we, what we just saying, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. God, you're welcome in my life. I need you today. God, you're necessary. I want you to be a part of my life. I don't wanna try to do this alone. I need you because you've got the power I need. You've got the healing I need. You've got the wisdom I need. You've got it all. I just praise God. I worship him first thing. And then C stands for confession. Confession. This is where we go to God and we say, God, maybe there's some stuff in our life that we know is wrong. Maybe there's some sins in our life that we've committed. And here's the problem with sin. You've maybe heard somebody say this before. Sin separates us from God. Now, here's what that means, okay? When sin separates us from God, it's not that God turns his back on us. It's that when we sin, it forces us to kind of turn away from God because we start to feel like we're not worthy of being connected with God. We, we think about that thing and the enemy comes at us in those moments and he starts to throw condemnation at us, telling us how unworthy we are. And so what do we gotta do? Here's what you gotta do. If you're, if you're struggling with a sin, here's the best thing you can do. Run to God with it. Just run to him with it. Go to him with it. The Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He's faithful and just. Look at this. And will forgive us and purify us from all. Everybody say all. All unrighteousness. When we go to God and we repent and we ask for forgiveness, he forgives us of all unrighteousness. And, and I love that it says in there that he's just. You know why he's just? Just means that he, he always does what's right when it comes to this. And here's the great thing. Because Jesus died on the cross, me and you are justified. So God looks at us and he says, okay, I can forgive their sin because of what Jesus did. Jesus justified them being able to be forgiven. That's awesome. So we can go to God with our sin, we can confess it, and we can allow him to cleanse us from it. And listen, then we can connect with God because we can go to God and we know that there's nothing between us. Maybe, maybe you found yourself before going to God and maybe you have a prayer need or something and you, you find yourself kind of going, man, I... I can't really believe for that. I can't really ask for that because I know what I've been doing. I know this thing. That's why you got to run to God with it. Repent. Let him get that out of the way so that you can run to God and, and get whatever it is that he wants to give you. So C is for confession. Now there's two parts to confession. There's the confession of sin, but there's also the confessing of the word of God. That's something I do every day. I speak the word of God. The Bible says this. It says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is a big deal, my friends. Faith is something, it's the substance God works with. We gotta have faith. The people in the Bible that made a big impact had great faith. There's a hall of faith in the Bible of people that had great faith. And so one of the ways we build up our faith is by speaking what the word of God says. We hear ourselves quoting back to God what his word says, and it builds us up and it releases power in our life. You know, there's power in your tongue. You need to say good things over yourself. You need to say what the word of God says over you. So one of the things I do in my quiet time is I confess my sins if I have any and then I take some time and I start speaking the word over myself. I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. 
God is for me, then who can stand against me? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. And everything I set my hands to will prosper. I grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You make all things work together for my good. My steps are ordered by the Lord. God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. By your stripes I'm healed. I pray these scriptures. I've got some of them memorized. And I've got some specific to certain areas I may be dealing with. Maybe you're dealing with fear. Find some verses on fear and begin to speak those over yourself. Maybe you're dealing with a sickness. Find some scriptures about sickness in the Bible and how God wants to heal you and quote those scriptures. Speak that. It will build your faith and prepare you to receive what God wants to give you, all right? So C is for confession. You guys doing all right? Okay, good. T is for thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This is where we go to God and we just thank God for all the things he's done for us. We count our blessings. We, we, and maybe you're here today and you got some rough stuff going on in your life. I'm here to tell you there is a power in thankfulness when we just find things to be thankful for. In fact, last year, right before Thanksgiving, my wife Sarah taught a message called The Power of a Thankful Heart. And it is, and I'm not just saying this because it's my wife, it is the best message I've ever heard on, on being thankful. In fact, it's our most downloaded podcast at New Song People. It's, it's, it's unreal. And if you are struggling with thankfulness, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message. It is so, so good. You can go to newsongpeople.com slash media and listen to that. But, but in this time, it's where we just go to God and we start to list the things out that we're thankful for. God, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my kids. I thank you that I have three healthy kids. I thank you that I have a home that we have food on the table, that we have a refrigerator stock full of, of things, that God, you've blessed us, you've given us a church, you've given, we just, I just list off the things that I'm thankful for and count my blessings. And then S is for supplication. Supplication. Supplication, again, is just kind of a fancy word that just means we just come to God with our needs and our desires. We all have needs, right? We all have desires, things that we want. And you know, it's okay to go to God with those things. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. And there's things, you know, there's people in here right now, God wants to do stuff for you, but he can't do it because you haven't asked. You gotta ask. You gotta go to God and say, God, I need this. I, I, I pray that you would give us this. I pray that you give me that promotion. I pray that you give me a better job. I pray that you would heal me. I pray you go to God with these needs and these desires. This is where you go to God and you pray for the, the people in your life, your friends, your family, your pastor, <clears throat> your church, right? You go to God with these things and you pray and you present these things to God. Now this acts model here that I'm giving you, it's, it, I'm not, when I, when I give this to you, it's not a rigid formula you have to follow. Okay. But what it is, is it's kind of some groundwork that you can work within to help you to pray according to the word of God and according to the model that Jesus showed us when his disciples said, teach us how to pray. There's no canned approach to prayer. It's simply going to God and sharing from your heart. That's what God wants. He wants your heart. That's why he died on the cross, to win your heart. He wants your heart. And you can present your heart to him every day in prayer. But then, okay, there's the next step. Then we gotta get quiet and we gotta listen to hear what God has to say. Remember, prayer is not just us talking. We gotta listen. I love the way my wife, she's got a great illustration for this. She says that uh, it's like going into the gas station when you're lost and you're looking for the highway to get on and you don't know where to go. And you go in and you say, hey, I'm lost. Can you tell me how to get to the highway? And you spend all this time explaining all this to them and then you just turn around and walk out. And you don't listen to what they, they have to say. Like that's what we do sometimes in our, in our prayer. If there's a fly up here. What? I'm about to confess some serious stuff over that fly. Anyway, 
But we gotta, we gotta listen. We gotta take some time. And that leads us to point number four, which is slow down. Slow down. Psalms 40 verse one says, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. We live in a fast paced world, don't we? And some of you need to hear this today. Slow your roll. Slow down. Uh, speed is never something that is kind of recommended when it comes to relationship. You know that? <laughs> You're never going to go to a marriage counselor and be talking to him. And at the end of it, he's going to go, you know, I think you guys could do everything faster. That would improve the quality of your marriage. No, never works that way. We got to slow down. Think about, uh, have you ever been in those situations before where someone's talking to you, maybe your spouse or somebody, and you're kind of in a hurry and, and like the posture of you is just kind of like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. And you can, t- and, and you, maybe you've been on the other side of that. Somebody's doing that to you and it makes you just want to go, you know what, forget you. I don't want to talk to you. You can, we'll talk later, right? And yet that's kind of how we come to God sometimes. God, I really want to hear from you. I want to, I, I need you to speak to me about, I got 20 seconds. I got a really busy day. So I'll give you 20 seconds. Ready, go. What's the deal, God? Why aren't you talking to me? Right? We got, we got to, we got to slow down. Now, hear me when I say this. I'm not saying that you have to spend your whole day sitting you know, with your, with your legs crossed, staring at your belly button, trying to hear the voice of God. God understands that you have, you have stuff going on. You don't just have to sit there in silence all day. But are, here's my question. Are you making any room, any quiet room in your life for God to speak to you? Are you inviting him in and just saying, you know what, Lord, would you say something to me? And just being quiet and just kind of sitting there for a while and just allowing God to minister to you and to speak to you. And that kind of leads me to, to another question that I get sometimes when it comes to quiet time, which is, how long should my quiet time be? And, it, and I'll say this, if you're new to quiet time, if it's not something that you've regularly been doing, my recommendation to you is point number four, slow down. And here's what I mean by that. Don't bite off more than you can chew. A lot of people get really zealous and they think, oh, I'm, I'm gonna start having a quiet time, so every day I'm gonna get up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm gonna spend an hour with the Lord. And we do that for three days and then we quit because it's, un, it's, it's just not feasible for us to do that, right? Here, my recommendation to you is start slow and be consistent. Be consistent. You know, it takes six weeks or over 40 days to, make, to form a habit in your life. And I think where people miss it a lot of times with quiet time is we try to bite off more than we can chew and we never make it to that six-week mark and so we never kind of form this habit in our life. Here's what I would recommend. Spend, if you're just getting started, spend seven to 10 minutes a day, just consistently. If you'll just do that consistently every day, top of your day, maybe you're here and you've been doing this longer, you can go a little bit longer. I spend, and I'm not trying to make myself sound any better than you or anything, but I, I spend over an hour every day between my quiet time and some driving that I do in the morning to and from the gym. But I've been doing this a while. But for some of you, you need to start slow. Take steps that you can take that are feasible to you. Let it grow. Relationships have to grow. Let it grow. This is a relationship. Let it grow. Let God build on it. Don't, don't bite off one of you. What's better? Is it better to eat three meals a day or is it better to gorge on one meal a week? It's better to eat consistently. That's what God wants. He wants a consistent relationship where daily you invite him in and allow him to speak to you. So slow down. Don't hurry God, but don't be in a hurry to kind of bite off more than you can chew too, okay? Number five is read the Bible. If you want to have a good quiet time, you need to read the Bible. And this is so, so important. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. It's useful. 
Verse 17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has given us the Bible, this book that he's given us that's designed to to train us and to equip us. And it's designed to speak to us. It's it's designed to help us see the character and the nature of God so we can understand him in a greater way, so that we can distinguish his voice in a greater way. And God wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. He wrote these, these scriptures. So understand this about the Bible. God's not going to ask you to violate what he says in his word. He never will do that. In fact, he, I'll say it this way. Um, God will never contradict his word. If you're taking notes, write that down. He'll never contradict his word in our life. In fact, he can't. Uh, it, it says in Titus 1 verse 2, it says this about God. It said, God promised this before the world began. He cannot lie. The Bible is, is the word of God, right? So if it's the word of God, that means that it's truth. And if it's truth, then it cannot lie. So if a voice that you're hearing is telling you to do something that goes against what the word of God says, let me just tell you, the word ain't lying. The voice is lying. If, if, if you're hearing a voice that's telling you that you should cheat in your business to get ahead, that ain't the voice of God. If you're hearing a voice that's telling you you should leave your wife for this other woman, that's not the voice of God. God's not gonna contradict his word. So we need to line up with what the word of God says. In order to do that, we have to know what the word of God says. We have to, we have to value the voice of God through his word. I'm, I'm gonna say something, I want you to hear this. The number one way you will hear the voice of God is through the word of God. It's the number one way. It's the best way to hear the voice of God. It's called the word of God for a reason. It's God's word. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says this. It says, for the word of God, we're talking about the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Amen. It says that the word of God is alive and it's active. You know, no other book can make that claim. No other book is alive and active. No other book, when you read it, does it read you? But the word of God. It says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The, The Bible is alive. It's a living book. It's alive and it's active. And those words are alive and active. But listen, they will not be alive and active in your life unless you read them. Unless you get them down inside your heart. You put them inside your mind. You start to renew your life and renew your mind with God's word. God's word is God's will. When you read the word of God, you read the will of God. If you understand what the word of God says, you understand the will of God and you can walk in faith because you know what God actually desires to do in this world. So when you approach the word of God, remember, it's a relationship. You're approaching a relationship with God. You're sitting down to hear from the voice of God. Here's a good prayer for you to pray when you sit down to read the word of God. Lord, I ask you to speak to me through your word. I know that the author of that living book, the Holy Spirit, lives in me. So I ask that he would help me to understand it and make it come alive in me today. I expect to hear your voice through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. When you start to read the word and pray prayers of faith like that, let me just tell you, God will start to speak to you through his word. It'll be amazing. But you gotta make room for that. The author of the book lives in you. Remember we talked last week, the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. 
As you're reading the Bible, the Holy Spirit will start to speak to your spirit and then you'll start to interpret that in your mind. You'll start to see verses that'll make sense to you. God will lead you to study certain things. He'll lead you to look at certain verses. He'll lead you to to study the character of certain people and he will speak to you that way. The number one way I hear the voice of God is through his word. Most of the time when God speaks to me, he reminds me of a verse that I've already learned. He reminds me of a character in scripture that I've studied. He reminds me of things, but listen, I have to study that in order to be led by God. I have to get this stuff down inside of me. If you're looking for answers today, look in the Bible. I I, I wanna say something, I want you to to hear me as I say this. For some of you today, you, you need to hear this. Stop waiting for a voice and start looking for a verse. Now, I'm not saying, obviously this whole series is about hearing the voice of God. I'm not trying to downplay the voice of God, but here's what I want you to see. If you, if you don't value God's written word, you're not gonna hear his, his, his word speaking to you any other way. I, I believe this, the more you get to know the word of God and you understand the will of God, the more you have access to hear God speaking to you in other ways because you know, you understand the will of God and you can interpret it the, the right way. I think there's some of you today that God can't speak to you maybe the way you want him to sometimes because you just don't know the word of God good enough. So you gotta get into this book and study it and, and dive into it. I'm gonna invite the band to come up at this time. God wants to speak to you. The word of God is kind of looked at sometimes as the general word of God. Like you're not gonna find sometimes, should I take this job? You may not find that in the scriptures. But what you do find in there is the general word of God. And the more you get to know the general word of God, the more then God can come and speak to you his specific word in specific situations where he can come to you and he can say yes or no to jobs. You guys tracking with me this morning? So we gotta love the word of God. We gotta value the word of God. Let me give you a couple things you can do real quick to help you in your reading of the Bible. Number one, write things down. Take notes. As you read the Bible, don't just try to plow through a bunch of Bible. Slow down, read it. And as you're reading it, look for things to write down. You know, I think this, when we have a notebook and we're taking notes, I think it says something. It says that I'm looking for something to write down. It says that I'm expecting to hear something worth writing down. And I believe when we bring that kind of heart of faith to God, that he'll give us something to write down. So get a notebook out. Get ready to write things down as you're reading scriptures. When God, when you start to start, start to get thoughts, write those things down. Write down what God is saying to you through his verses and then review those things. Read what God's been saying to you. Uh, we, we love to take notes. My, my wife is, is really great about journaling and writing things down. And it's amazing how often we'll be looking back at some things that we've written in notebooks over the years. I was just reading a couple uh, weeks ago, reading some books that I wrote in 2010 and just looking at things that God was sharing with me. It was so refreshing to see where I was then and how God has continued to illuminate things that he started in me back then. He wants to speak to you. Not, not too long ago, Sarah one morning was having her quiet time and God kind of led her that morning to study Isaiah. And this verse in Isaiah where it talks about, I am making a way. And we've been praying over some things for the church and some things for you and just some things that we're wanting to see God do. And, And some of these things are big things that we exactly, I'll be honest with you, we don't exactly know how we're gonna do them. God's gonna have to show up in order to make some of this stuff happen. But what she felt like God was telling her that day was, I'm gonna make a way. You just trusted me, I'm gonna make a way. So she's studying this and she's reading all these verses and reading commentaries and writing things down. And at the end of her quiet time, she just stopped and she just said, God, is there anything else you wanna say? And God said this to her. He said, I want you to read the first thing you wrote in your notebook. 
And so she you know, took her notebook and said, okay. So she went back to the beginning and she began to read. And the first thing that she read in there were some, some notes that she took at a church service. And she kind of looked through them, but there wasn't anything in it that stood out to her. And so she kind of went back to God, Lord, I don't, I don't get what you're trying to say to me here. And, and God said, no, the first thing you wrote in this notebook. And so she flipped over a couple of pages and she found these song lyrics that she had written over a year before. And they said this, where there is no way, you make a way. When no one else can reach us, you found us. Guys, that's amazing, right? She's studying about God making a way and God takes her back to read where she, she doesn't just write lyrics in her book, but God led her to that. And here's what God said to her in that moment. He said, what you're praying is exactly what you need to be praying. You're hearing my voice. This is right. Stand in faith. Keep going. But why did she, why was she able to hear that? Because she wrote it down. So take some notes, write things down. Expect to hear the voice of God. He wants to talk to you. You know, these five things, find quiet, worship, pray, slow down, read the word. They're so important. It's, it's, but, but I'll say this in all this, and I want you to hear me. It's about relationship. It's about connecting with God. God is the goal. And, and this is something that I practice in my quiet time. I start off my quiet time every day saying, God, where do you, what do you want to do? You know, me and Sarah go on dates. And a lot of times when we go on a date, whereas we're planning the date, we'll, we'll kind of get together and we'll say, okay, what do you want to do? And, and we never do the same date. We, we change it up. We go to different restaurants. We go to different movies. We go to different activities. We do different stuff because it's a relationship. And yet sometimes we kind of form these formulated plans of how quiet time should be and we just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again and it starts to lose life and we start going and then we start to drift what if we approached God like we would any relationship and said, hey God, what do you want to do today? You know, some days I go through all five of these things. Some days I do nothing but pray. Some days in my quiet time, I do nothing but speak the word. Some days I go for a walk and I have my quiet time. Some days I sit in a chair. Some days I try to be quiet for a long time. I, I kind of let God lead. I let him lead what we're going to do. But I just go to him. I say, God, what do you want to do today? And then I let him kind of lead the way. That's what we're talking about. This is about relationship. God is the goal. Let God lead. He wants to talk to you. He wants to build in this time that you make for him. He wants to build some stuff in your life. He wants to speak to you. He wants to refresh you. He wants to empower you. So make room for him. Find quiet. Pray. Worship. Give him that time and let him refresh you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Lord, I thank you for everybody in here. And Holy Spirit, right now, we invite you to speak to us. We invite you to, to minister to us right now. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? When you're sitting here right now, God is encouraging you. I, I believe God's saying this to you today. God's saying, I wanna meet with you. Would you set an appointment with me? Would you take some time? Would you make some time to connect with me so that I can breathe life into your life? I believe God's saying that to you today. Would you receive that today? God, we, we're, we, we choose today to, to make some changes Lord, for some of us, we're gonna rise earlier. We're gonna, we're gonna sacrifice a little sleep to connect with you. And we know that you're gonna refresh us in that time and make our days better than they've ever been before. Lord, help us to see how we can build these practices into our life so that we can become who it is you've called us to become, to make the difference in this world that you've called us to come. Help us to find the, that place. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.